1: Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn. Horror still in Amityville. Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes Low beam Dog Man, howling in the street. I'm typically skeptic of what I see. Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans. Thunderbird swamp thing. Is it real? I was wondering. Typical. Skeptic show. Typical. Skeptic show. Alright, I'm in here. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have an amazing guest with me today, someone who's had real Bigfoot encounters. And we're going to get into, you know, but first, like what he thinks the phenomena is and because there's different variations of it being reported like around the nation. and, and, And he's been studying it for 20 years. And who I'm referring to is Michael W. Cook. He's the founder of Cook Cryptid Research and Sasquatch BBQ and Hot Sauce. He spent 20 years researching Bigfoot and other paranormal phenomena stemming from a face-to-face encounter with a Bigfoot on a riverbank in southeast Kentucky when he was 16. Cook has dedicated his life to cryptozoology in the pursuit of answers through scientific means. Described as one of the most open-minded researchers out there, Cook has a resume that is full of experiences and collaboration through the most well-known researchers on earth. He's been featured in books, documentaries, TV shows, and most notably travel channels, These Woods Are Haunted. Cook is featured on an upcoming documentary by award-winning filmmaker Kenny Lockman, I believe in big, <clears throat> excuse me, I believe in Bigfoot, which will premiere in 2023. Cook has traveled the country speaking to events with his presentation, The Bigfoot Experience, which is a must-see and fun for all ages. He's currently writing the Cryptid Cookbook, which will be released in fall 22, and also Bigfoot Out of the Woods, which is uh, filled with encounter stories, research, and history of the world's most famous cryptid, Bigfoot. And his website is a. Uh, Well, it's Michael Cook's Sasquatch, and he'll give you that at the end. He makes his own barbecue sauce. Like, this is amazing. Um, Michael, thank you for uh, coming on my show. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm great, Rob. How are you, buddy?
1: I'm awesome. I'm so glad we're doing this. So what I was getting into before the show, and I figured this would be good podcast material, is, you know, I've talked to Stan Gordon. He's a famous cryptid researcher, and he talks about these encounters of Bigfoot with UFOs. And then um, he talks about the cases where... You know, people have shot at the Bigfoot and it just disappears, almost like it's a hologram. So what I'm thinking is you've seen the real thing of, of Bigfoot. Like, do you think that it's either a supernatural creature or do you think that there's many different variations of the phenomena? Maybe the government's got something that they project a hologram or or is Bigfoot just that elusive or what do you think?
0: I think that it's probably a little bit of all that, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, in a in a very... Um, in a very straightforward way. I mean, you know, you could say that there are variations of these creatures. In fact, I've been talking about this for years. Um, especially to do with the eastern. um Well, you have you have variations just like species. Uh, the white-tailed deer in in the northwest look different than the white-tailed deer out here, and you know they're going to look different. Uh, these Bigfoot creatures are going to look different uh in In different parts of the country, so that being said, yeah, I truly believe there's different variations, but you know what you're asking is the the, the variations of uh supernatural and flesh and blood um, My personal theory is that they're all born flesh and blood, but these creatures are endowed with these extra abilities that either they figure out how to use in life or they don't. And the ones that we see, the road crossings, the one that fell off the hill in front of me 20 years ago on a riverbank, those are the ones that may have not been able to tap into that potential yet, into that extra ability. Um, I, I don't think we see the ones that tap into the their um, their extra abilities, if you will. Um
1: do you think it's a learned ability, like a like a natural learned ability? Because um, I heard you say when you when you had one encounter, you heard the Bigfoot scolding its child. So it makes me think that they have some form of communication, like all animals do. It seems like all animals, like packs of coyotes, communicate with each other, like um, lions oh, wow. in, a, in a pride right. to communicate with each other. So this would be no different. But the question would be then, are they teaching their young how to tap into these extrasensory skills? Do you think?
0: I believe they do. I believe it'd just be like any other primate. You know, primates live in in um, in family um, family organizations, uh, packs, or, or whatever you want to call them, and um, in groups. So you know, every now and then you'll come across a um, a primate or something that has kind of went off into the into the wild blue yonder uh, on its own um but it's very rare um and these creatures you know i'm not saying they're solely primate and and before anybody ever comes back and says oh well you know you you said this you said that i'm not saying they're they're solely primate i'm saying they probably do have a little bit of primate in them uh as far as being learned i think you know uh, look at humans okay a good example um you have variations of humans with extra abilities Uh, be it uh, ultra-sensitive, people who are uh, psychic mediums, uh, people who are empathic, and so forth and so on. So you have those people who learn to tap into that. And, you know, I've talked, I've got numerous contacts and friends that are psychic mediums, and some of them say that it's a burden, you know, to, to... to them. And it's, uh, it's just something that I don't think they regret having it, but their life would be easier if they knew more about it. Uh, they said really,
1: the spirit world never turns off, right? I don't know if they right. told you that too, but that's yeah. what they told me that the spirit world never, never goes away.
0: I have a really, really good friend and I'll name drop on this. Her name is Catherine Kaufman. She is the uh, sock medium of Kentucky and, she is like a, god mom, a godmother to me. Um, her and her husband are, are, are like, more like family than they are friends to me. They, um, uh, Catherine laid it out pretty, pretty easy to me. She said that it takes years, and she's had years to do this, uh, to be able to turn it down, but you can never turn it off. And, um, you know, with these creatures, like humans, they figure out some of them figure out how to tap into it, and you know, case in point, the uh, case of uh, the Sierra Sounds from 1972 to present day. Uh, Ronald Moorhead; um, these creatures were exhibiting supernatural um, powers, and there's no other way to put that. They're they're using infrasound, which is not a supernatural power, but is a very natural power but in the quantum Bigfoot and some in, in the, um, in Voices of the Wilderness by Ronald Moorhead, he talks about lights and, and some of the studying stuff that Stan Gordon talks about around the Chestnut Ridge area where, where, um, when this happened, the whole area of Chestnut Ridge was covered with government. um, and they they chalked it up as a meteorite, but it didn't fall there. That was uh, if you if anybody sits and reads the Chestnut Ridge incident, it gets so murky and so confusing. Wait, because can you
1: of- tell us, because I'm not even real familiar. I just know that like I've had um Ron Murphy on my show. You know, he mm-hmm. goes by the Crypto Guru, and I've had Stan Gordon on my show. I don't get too many cryptid researchers on my show, so I'm not real familiar, and and I, I want my audience to be familiar with, well, can you t- – I know that Chestnut Ridge is very active from what Stan and Ron say, but there was actually an incident there too, and can you get into that? Like, what, what actually happened? and What you think might have happened as compared to what the official cover story was?
0: Um, You know, with, with – at risk of sounding like a – like, uh, ancient aliens, uh, aliens, <laughs> um, in a, in a very, uh, broad way of speaking. So in, in Chestnut Ridge, I forget what the year was. It, it was in the seventies, I believe. And then don't quote me on that. I'd have to sit down and have it in front of me, but Stan was just a, just a kid pretty much. He was, you know, he was a teenager and, um, there was a lot, something crashed, near the chestnut ridge and it was a people eyewitnesses say it was a light and it looked like a meteorite but some people say it looked like an acorn shaped ufo craft
1: oh you mean it's like, like the Kecksburg incident right or is that the
0: Kicksburg? Kicksburg. that's what yeah the Kicksburg. i was i was trying to think of that I, I couldn't
1: think of it was i didn't realize it was in the chestnut okay so that that ties things together but that makes sense now that's it's
0: in yeah. the it's in the vicinity it's 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 pretty you know there's a there's a large area there but
1: you know, you're exactly right this, is, you're right they're right by each other because i'm from that area like it, it's it's if it's not there it's very close it's probably right on it like you're saying you know I, I, I think you're exactly right is what i'm saying
0: Right, so you know that that in that square or cir- circular radius, whatever, there this happens over in Kecksburg. Then all of a sudden, Bigfoot encounters and sightings amp up over on the Chestnut Ridge. Um, farm boys uh, see the uh, see a, a craft land one night uh, and a, a light glow, and out of that light, uh, Bigfoot like creatures came out of it. So. You know, you get into that, into that conversation where, okay, did the Bigfoot creatures originate from that craft? Or did they, were they picked up and they were just being dropped off?
1: Or is it coming from, are they all coming from a portal, like, that we can't access with our human abilities, but maybe because UFOs and Bigfoot and maybe Dogman and whatever else that's weird can come through a portal? I know that sounds pretty simplistic, but what do you think about that, or...
0: Well, the the portal theories, you know, there are. I'm, it's so funny that all this meshes together, and it, it never fails whenever um, I get involved in something. Something like this gets brought up in conversation, but I'm part of a, a project called the Quantum the Quantum Bridge Project, and it's we're actually looking at occurrences, magnetic uh, anomalies, fringe events throughout the Appalachian Mountains, which does directly involve chestnut ridge because it sets in appalachian mountains toward you know in pennsylvania so
1: now the, for the people that don't know just real quick the chestnut ridge also extends into what virginia and west virginia too or is it yeah in-
0: it's it's huge there's there's like i forget how many miles but there's a crap ton of miles that the chestnut ridge um goes along
1: so we're right by each other basically because I'm in Pittsburgh, you're in Kentucky. It's just a little bit, you're like a little bit south of me, I think, right? I
0: yeah, think we're separated. We're look. separated by uh Point Pleasant pretty much.
1: Oh, that's so interesting. That's so interesting. Yeah, cool. yeah, see, Point, Point see, see where another this
0: another big area, right? See there, see there now, Rob, where this is going. So so everybody that's listening, Rob, you too. So you're gonna think of a map. I don't have a map in front of me because I'm in the sauce lab right now making barbecue sauce, but Look at Chestnut Ridge, look at um, Kecksburg, look at Point Pleasant, come over here to Kentucky, you're going to start drawing drawing lines, just straight lines, and you're going to start finding triangles, just like what the anomaly of the Bermuda Triangle. So there's magnetic uh, anomalies happens there, there's fringe events, there's planes that go down, ships disappear, so forth and so on. Wow. You know, ah, see? I
1: read that book by Sherilyn Carter. It's called um, tri- Dimensions, a triangle, mysterious triangle areas throughout the United States. I've had her on my show and she talks about this, like these uh, these, these triangle areas that there's just bizarre stuff like the Bridgewater Triangle, uh, mm. you know, uh, all, which is up in, uh, I think there's up in New England some, somewhere. Or is that in Florida?
0: No, oh, that's, uh, you're talking about the uh, bridges t- uh, property in Florida. But yeah, the Bridgewater Triangle is up in New England
1: yeah that that's that has all kinds of stuff like pakwajis and stuff like that like it's 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 it's, it gets so strange man it's like it makes me think where is this stuff coming from because i'm a believer i know my name's typical skeptic on youtube but i'm really a believer like i want to believe and i i know this stuff's out there like I don't think there would be stories of it. I think all a lot of myths like our ancient myths have truth in them and I think stories that people tell when they call people like Stan Gordon, I think they're telling the truth for the most part. I don't think they want recognition. They're not looking for internet fame. They just want us to, to know that something's not right with their reality that they thought it was. And and that's what I think's happening to a lot of people.
0: Oh yeah, well, you know, you look at Stan. I mean, he was a he was a kid. He was he was going into this completely blind. Whenever he got into it, he just found interest in it. He found, um, he found commonalities in, in certain events that happened that uh he couldn't explain. So he went into it, and he's, you know, fifty years deep into it now. And it's like the Hotel California. You, you can, you can check out anytime you want to out of cryptozoology and UFO, UFO uh, UFOlogy, and paranormal. You ain't never going to leave no matter what. You'll never yeah. leave. You're trapped in it forever. But
1: yeah. you Once you realize that something's not right with your reality, you can't go back to living normal again, right?
0: Nope. Because then you're going to start seeing all this stuff go on around you, and it's just going to drag you right back in. It's like me. I took a hiatus a few years ago, and you know, I said, I ain't doing nothing with Bigfoot. I had too much going on. And I got out of it for about a year and a half to two years. And I, of all the places, I was in Walmart walking around one evening. And I just struck up a conversation with this old man. And all of a sudden, he said, You know, I, you might not believe me. And when he said those words, I felt it just, I felt the big foot grip
1: it's funny because it's like they find you, right? Like these conversations yeah. find you somehow, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: there's, there's, there's so much to it though. And you know, with me and what I do, um, I tend to, uh, I, I speak at a lot of these conferences. I speak at a lot of these events. I'm, I'm, I'm always doing something with, with this stuff. But this old man, when he says, you might not believe me, But and he goes into the story about seeing a bigfoot. I said it's it's wild that you say that, man. (laughs) And next thing you know, I'm at his property, looking around. I think that's how serial killers lure their people in. It's a thousand wonders that it hasn't happened to me yet. But um, I uh, it's 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 funny how it just how it finds you. Um, a good friend of mine, Daniel Benoit, he can tell you the same thing. Um this stuff just seeks seeks us out. And um and that could probably if you I don't know, if you laid it out the right way, you could probably chalk that up to the supernatural.
1: And I was um, does it have something to do with like psi your like so do you have like psi abilities too, or are you at least highly intuitive? Um
0: I am I don't know. Uh, It's one of those things. Catherine and I have talked about. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm sensitive, but as far as like abilities, I doubt. I would call it that. I would say, um, I would say, burdened with, um, knowing. Yeah. So I mean, that's it's one of those things. the, The burden of knowing and and how, how we find this stuff. It's craziness, man. I mean, when it gets deep into it and you find yourself three o'clock in the morning reading Bigfoot reports or typing up Bigfoot reports that you just have recently got, or you find yourself midnight wandering around the woods by yourself at some point, you stand back and step away from the body and say, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, I mean, to the outsider looking in, we're all a bunch of, of, uh, of, uh, liars and idiots and make believers and everything else. But from the inside, looking out, you know, (laughs) wait until you have your encounter (laughs) and see what you're like.
1: Well, can you tell Uh, fans about your encounters? Like what you actually saw? Like, I'd love for them to hear it because I heard it and I was kind of blown away. Like, (laughs)
0: There's been several incidents over the over the last 20 years. I mean, I've had five, I used to say four visual encounters, but I guess you could say it was five because of the context and all that stuff. But my first one happened on the riverbank right here in, in eastern Kentucky. I mean, I uh, skipped school one day, went fishing, one rolled off the hill in front of me right into the river.
1: That's hilarious that he rolled off the hill. It's it's funny because it's like, did he not? It was maybe he was a young one, like he didn't know balance or something, or he he just lost his footing. You know what I mean? It it makes you wonder. Think like, what was, you know? It's funny almost in a way. Like, did he kind of (laughs) like, you know what I mean?
0: Oh yeah. Well, you know, Connie uh, Willis said it was one of the only cases of a clumsy Bigfoot, and that's the only thing you could really chalk it up to would be this thing lost its footing. It took a wrong, wrong step, tripped, it done something. But when it did, it come tumbling down that mountain right in front of me. And you know, at the time, I'm thinking, bear. I'm you know, in my mind, I knew it was bear. And even as it was standing up on two legs, wiping its face, me looking at its face and seeing this thing in front of me, I still wanted to rationalize it Um, because they're not supposed to exist. This is not supposed to be here. And I think he was having the same you know, um, moment as I was, you know, there you are and here I am. What do we do? And the only thing he knew to do was scream at me and he screamed two or three times and I ran like, like I was on fire. I thought it was, we're going to jump the river and, and come after me, but it never did. Um, and then, you know, fast forward a year later, I come to terms with what I saw. Um, Fast forward a couple of years after that, I'm, I'm deep into the BFRO. Um,
1: What's the BFRO?
0: The Bigfoot Bigfoot Researchers Organization. It's um, headed by Matt Moneymaker from Finding Bigfoot. And, uh, he started it up years ago. Um, and, you know, I was one of their researchers at one time. And I stayed with them for about eight years. Came, came pretty far into it. And then things started happening that... Um, there's no other way to put it. Changed my opinion on what these creatures are and what the BFRO said they were, and that they maintained that these were flesh and blood, undiscovered species of primate. And um right, I believe they're flesh and blood. I do, and I believe they have fr- primate. Um. Uh, I believe they're they're cousins of ours, but i I truly believe that they are endowed with these extra abilities no at no time in the last ten years has that ever changed um, Two thousand fifteen Glenn Mink and I saw a uh he, Glenn Mink is a researcher out of Kentucky He's a good friend of mine um we him and I together we saw a blue light floating in the forest and it, it floated up to the tops of the trees and it burst in this big flash. Then. Um, oh
1: my God. What do you think that was? was That an orb or a UFO or what do you think?
0: Well, you know that the UFO, I I don't know a whole lot about UFOs. In fact, I can honestly say I had my first ever UFO encounter back in June that I can say was a UFO. Um, and I'll get to that in a minute. But I think it was, I don't know. But the what happened next was where the light um, blew up at. It didn't make any sound or anything. But where it blew up at, we stood under it and a rock the size of a football came flying over our heads. And I would estimate it being a 25, 30-pound rock something a human couldn't do. Um, then we got lights on trail camp and that were not supposed to be there. There's no lots in the foreground. There's no lots in the background. That's pointed toward a nine, um, uh, I'm sorry, 90,000 acre forest, uh, national forest, the Daniel Boone Forest. There's no highways. There's no houses or anything built there. Then We had our next two encounters with a young one and an older one, the one that was scolding. Um, And these two looked a little different than the one I saw years prior on the riverbank. So that was one, two, three visual encounters that I'd had. And by 2015, then in 2016, um, everything died And we had nothing going on. Um, We were in this research area, and and on the Travel Channel, it it shows this research area. It's called Area P3. Um, It's located in in the Daniel Boone National Forest. And, you know, we researched there every weekend that we could with nothing coming up for evidence so we kind of shut that research area down then in 2018 i'm dating this this girl um uh gwendolyn guthrie and our friend kenny they wanted to go squashing so we i you know let's let's go squashing so i took them to that area to show them where we had had encounters and stuff um Never would have thought that we would have had the encounter that we had that night when we got surrounded by six of them. And on the show, it, it says we were surrounded by two. No, it, you, two can't surround you. <laughs> we were uh, we were surrounded by six different creatures. Um, all of them were Bigfoot. And
1: I got a question for you. Do you think they're they're starting to become do you think these might be the same ones and they're becoming comfortable with you? So they're making their presence known. So maybe you expose uh, it or something like that? Or what
0: well, you know, it's funny you should say that because after that incident, you know, we went back in there and they, they wouldn't show themselves again. They wouldn't interact with us or anything. But since then I moved back to eastern Kentucky. I lived in central Kentucky at the time. And uh, I've been researching in an in undisclosed area here. And these are actually getting used to us. And I have two individuals there that will interact for a while. And then when they're done with you, buddy, they're done with you. They'll throw rocks at you. They'll scream at you and everything. I've only had one visual encounter and it was just a, a shoulder and it went behind a tree in my research area, but it was enough for us to say, okay, something's going on here. And, um, that's what led us to the quantum bridge and looking at these different anomalies and stuff that's going on. That's what led me and, uh, uh two researchers, two paranormal researchers. Well, one's a Bigfoot researcher for, for a very long time, Mr. Thomas Markham, and then a paranormal researcher by the name of Tony Pelosi, They asked me to join their crew, which is called the Crypto Crew, and it's based out of Harlan County, Kentucky, and um, we have been researching together. Looking at the similarities, the bridges that bridge, the connections that bridge the paranormal and Bigfoot over, because if you ask a cryptozoologist, a Bigfooter, if Bigfoot... You know, and paranormal is saying more than likely they're going to tell you no. Um, Paranormal is is, you know, stigmatized with ghosts. But to take a quote directly from Ronald Moorhead, paranormal, the literal definition of paranormal is out of your norm. So what's normal for Rob might not be normal for Mike. So therefore, Rob is exhibiting paranormal behavior to Mike. And vice versa, get what I'm saying?
1: Yes, yes. I mean, it's very intelligent. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So, therefore, Bigfoot, and don't crucify me for this, people, is technically paranormal. They all mesh together because it is out of the norm of what it's supposed to be. So, that being said, you have... uh, We'll get back to the variations of these creatures. And if you hear that, that's just, that's, that's barbecue sauce in the making. <laughs> um, we got to talk cord. about
1: that too. We, that's something, <laughs> don't let me forget about that. I wanted, I wanted to talk about your, your Sasquatch barbecue and hot sauce because I got to get me some of that. It sounds like it's really good. I, I'd love to put it on chicken wings. Like, i you
0: know, uh, it's, it's fantastic. I'm just going to tell you right now. And I'll toot my own horn about it all day long. I don't care one bit. But, uh, but no, going back to that though. You have the paranormal world and you have these people that, um, for lack of a better term, are in it for fame, money, and notoriety. And there's a difference between fame and notoriety. Notoriety being... They're who's who. They're the ones who who people call and bring to their homes and all this stuff. Fame is the people who charge a crap ton of money to quote unquote appear at places. Um and they probably on TV. So for the most part, the Bigfoot world and the paranormal world both have that problem. Um me, good, good case in point. I'll use myself as an example for this one. So, a few months ago, I was part of a conference, and I won't say the name of this conference because I'm no longer affiliated with it, but I will say this. I was marketed and promoted as a quote-unquote celebrity guest. Anybody who knows me knows that I am everything but... I have a normal job. I have, in fact, I have such a normal job, it's scary what I do. I actually work for the state government.
1: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> I, don't work, I don't work for that government, but I work for the state government, as in I work in a cabinet in the state government. So
1: it's amazing though that you, I mean, that you're that, that that open-minded and you have that kind of position. Like usually those people aren't that way. You know what I mean? I haven't
0: always been. I haven't always been like that
1: though. I've,
0: I've had jobs. I've been, I've worked at liquor stores. I've worked at, at, I was a bartender. Um, probably one of my favorite jobs was being a bartender, but the, um, the f- the fact of the matter is, is I have a normal job. It's just like Daniel Benoit. I mean, you know, he's with the ECBRO, and I have to talk about Daniel. Daniel's my best friend, um, and he and I work together. He's he's founder of the Eastern uh, the East Coast Bigfoot Research Organization, the ECBRO, has a couple of conferences and events a year, and uh, he uh, he has a normal job. Most of us have normal jobs that you would never believe. And it's so funny when people come to my office because I have to um uh, I have to deal with the public. I'm I'm public relations, so I have to deal with them. And they'll look at me and they'll say, Man, <laughs> I saw you on travel channel last night. And I'll say, Yep, now let's talk about <laughs> why you're here. And then we'll talk about why I was on travel channel. Um but we have normal jobs is what I'm getting at. We have, I'm not am I'm, I'm not that celebrity. So Fast forward a few weeks after that event, I uh, I was on the phone with the event organ, organ, organizer, and they were telling me that they were planning the next year's event and all this stuff. And I said, "Well, next year, try not to um, try not to name me as a celebrity. Let's not let's not put that on me." And he goes, "But you are." And I'm, as you can tell, I'm a very well-spoken. I'm 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 very articulate. I'm one of the most articulate people to come out of Eastern Kentucky. But, um, and I'm very easygoing. I'm very. I'll argue with y'all day. I'll, I'll I'll shoot it with y'all day. I hardly ever get mad or angry or, or lash out. But when he said you are a celebrity, it it struck a nerve and when it struck a nerve, um, I lashed out and I said, no, no, I'm not. And I said a few choice words. I won't say, but the, um, short end of that, I'm no longer affiliated with that. So therefore I'm not a celebrity. Um, but it, it throws me off, man. It really does. I was down at the, at the South Carolina Bigfoot conference a few weeks ago and there's these people just, just want to take pictures with me. And I'm like, y'all, I'm a normal guy who has a weird hobby, <laughs> you know, it, and it's, it's strange to me, but. No, you know,
1: It's, it's our life though, man. Like they, I, I get a lot of, weird emails from people and stuff too and 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 you get those emails from people that say like you changed their life and that that's good though because like we make a difference for 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 people you know what i mean i don't have as big a following as you but you know we we still make a difference with the stuff that we do because Hmm. we're changing people's thought patterns like a lot of people are just waking up like now like there's this big awakening going on and it seems like a lot of people are kind of new to it. You know what I mean? Especially now it seems like more and more people, I think like with the, the big C thing that happened, that kind of woke a lot of people up to, you know, and then, and then naturally and it's not just that, but then they, they the paranormal, you know what I mean too. So we're getting a lot of new people. What What would you think?
0: I think that, you know, with the Pentagon, um, you know, when Trump opened up the uh, classified pentagon stuff um yes and and all that i think more people are like hold up what's going on here and you know you you take like the navy one of the most well-respected militaries on earth coming out and saying listen (laughs) we've been trying to figure this out for years and they have video proof of whatever this is um and then, you know, the government comes back and says, oh, well, you know, we don't know if it's the, it could be one of our enemies, namely, you know, Russia, Iran, Iraq. I, mean, I
1: when they say that, because it's almost like they're adding, like, it's making it sound stupid. You know what it's I mean? Watering. Like-
0: it's, it's watering it down. But then you have Russia, Iran, North Korea, China, all these places coming up and saying, we thought it was you all. Because we've had the same crap and then they produce the video and you know i look you got you got to youtube it but there's a, a video of two russian fighter jets chasing something down and them boys you know them boys are out for blood they're out to shoot whatever down they sit around with their fingers up their butts all day dying to kill something and they couldn't keep up with this i no, mean those
1: things go insane they go like way beyond our mock like whatever we have mock 5 mock 4 i, like think, mock
0: three. I think that one video the, um, uh, uh, it was a triangle-shaped um, uh, craft. They were using, um, I think they were using Thunderbirds. They were flying Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds fly at Mach 3, and this thing took off and left them.
1: That's insane. That's So,
0: insane. you know, you take, like, okay, that that's so great that we're talking about this, because back at that conference, that event that I've done that I won't talk about, I had a man come up to me and we were talking and he said, man, I'd really like to go out the woods with you sometime. I'm like, Hey man, come on. He goes, I just retired 40 years. And I'm like, all right. You know, cause I like talking to people. I like, I like getting to know people. And I'm like, what'd you do for a living? What'd you retire from? He goes, Oh, I was a flight engineer. I was in flight engineer. And I said, hmm. and I just look at him and I said, you ever see anything up there you can't explain in 40 years. And his eyes lit up and he said, did I? He said, so I could sit and talk to you for hours, probably days, about what I saw. And I say, well, good. Because after the Bigfoot out of the woods comes out, the next book I'm writing will be UFOs out of the sky. And he will be one of my interviews in that.
1: Well, let me but, ask you this. Do you think that we have, like, uh, like like, Dr. Greer says, that we have this reverse engineered technology that we're not, um, that, that only like, black ops people are, are, are privy to?
0: Probably. I mean, but you got to look too. look at what we're privy to. Okay. So how are you, Rob? Not, 40, not being those
1: 42. So I've been, in-
0: okay. You're, you're right. You're, uh, you're right above me. I'm I'm not far from you. Um, so I get this question asked a lot. Why did you take a picture of that Bigfoot back 20 years ago? I'll think about it. What I took the picture with it, with my digital camera, or my uh, throwaway camera, because I didn't have a cell phone at the time that was capable of taking pictures.
1: Yeah, exactly. Think
0: about that. Yeah, just twenty years ago, we did not have these iPhones and and everything we got now. My iPhone takes better video quality than than any camera ever thought about taking
1: i know it's um, it's it's but, but i was thinking but was what this, i'm like, getting at it, is i've heard wait, wait, wait real quick mike i've heard that people have trouble photographing them even when they get the chance i've heard like people have tried taking pictures i mean people get ufo pictures but i've heard every time someone gets a bigfoot picture it ends up being blurry or something like like it messes with the camera or something is that true or is that just
0: like, yeah yeah that's that's very true um and it could be electrical interference that night, that that was covered on the on the Travel Channel. Uh, we talk about that on that show. Uh, we talked about it more, and they cut most a lot of it out. But our um, my phone was one hundred percent when I went in two hundred feet into the woods. Died had no battery life. Wow! Um, and that go back is paranormal activity. Think about how many ghost hunters talk about. Um, Battery impactment and stuff like that in these very haunted locations. So, go to that and think about Bigfoot, the blurry photos, the clearest video that's ever been taken of a Bigfoot, to the best of my knowledge, has been the Patterson-Gimlin film, and it was done with a thirty-three millimeter camera. Um, simple, um, not electrical. Think about that. Yeah. Think about think about how that video was was done. Now you want to talk about um friends of mine, Thomas Markham being one of them. He uses Polaroids. An old school Polaroid. He orders his film offline and uh he takes pictures in the woods, and he takes pictures in these haunted locations and stuff. Okay. He gets clear pictures wow. mainly because there's not a whole lot of electrical stuff going on with that. You take an old camera that is just straight up flash, got a little battery in it for flash. The rest of it is, um, whatever they call it, the, the click and capture. Um, I can't think of it, but it's, um, there, there's, there's no electronics whatsoever, besides for the flash and normally the flash is something that's completely um off of the the camera itself it's a different different piece yes it's amazing so you take like the old school drop the film down in the camera you know wind it up you can get better better pictures with that than you ever could with these digital cameras
1: that's, and, good. That's good stuff for for up-and-coming paranormal investigators because a lot of people might not know that. If they're getting pictures of ghosts, too, like, or entities. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Mostly in the negatives. Um, okay. You can look yeah. in the negatives. But, you know, take like me, for example. Back um, uh, a couple months ago, we, were, um, we went out on our first uh, team outing scouting mission for uh quantum bridge and um i had a i had a team from virginia come down here they're um uh, they're collaborating with us on this but a buddy of mine we we're sitting out by the campfire just you know shooting it and um buddy of mine sent me a text and he goes hey what are you doing and instead of answering him back i um i just snapped a picture with my iPhone of the fire and i sent it to him and I sitting there, and he sent me one back, and all of a sudden he calls me. He goes, how'd you do that? And I said, how'd I do what? He said, uh, you know what you done. I said, no, oh, you're being pretty vague with me right now. I need to know what you're talking about. He goes, look at that picture. So I looked at the picture, and I'm like, uh ah. He goes, now zoom in. So I zoom in, and, man, I caught a face in the flames. Oh and it's God. not it's not pareidolia. It's not matrices. It is something there. Um, it's crazy. In fact, um, let's see if I can do it while I've got you on here. I'm doing this with one hand. I'm stirring sauce with the other. Um, I'll go to your, and I'll reply to you, and I'll send you uh, this picture uh, back to your uh, typical skeptic, and you can you can put it up there if you want to, uh, if, you, if you have the capability to. If not, you can I can just get your, your reaction to it, but it's pretty, pretty wild. Um, what we capture picture. We've got so many pictures on here.
1: Well, I was going to share my screen. Oh, if it's a zero. Um, can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Cause uh, you, you, cut out a little bit. Like, um, I'm seeing if I, if I have Gmail and then if I can open up my Gmail and then I can, um, uh, uh what's what's the word I'm looking for? Share them and share my screen. I can share the picture right now. Um, um but uh where were we at with, with
0: that? Um we, sorry, I mean Oh agree. yeah, by by the way, we when we were doing that, we were um we were getting activity. We had heard knocks all evening. Um we had heard um oh Rick, one of the one of the team members, uh we were using uh, GPS locators. And he was over on on the other side of base camp. And I was standing there watching this, and it was caught on on a GoPro camera too. A rock, uh, roughly the size of a quarter, nothing crazy. Just come out of the air and hit the GPS. Perfect. And I said, Rick, somebody's not liking what you're doing, and we think it might have been the um, the interference that was going on. So. Um, did you get do you that?
1: It was a ghost or a spirit, or do you know? Like, did you ever have a? I think it was like,
0: I, new- yeah, I think it was one of our one of our beings that's up there. One of our Bigfoot. Um, I think it was one of them. They didn't like what was going on. But the fire picture, whenever you get it, you look at it, man, and and share it to your screen if you can. It's it's wild. You'll have to zoom in, and when you zoom in,
1: oh wait, hold on, I got it. I got it up here now. I'm gonna I'm gonna share my screen and uh okay Uh, i'm hitting share and it should what it's now how do i zoom in can you hear me yeah okay here we go can you see i have it up or or, i don't know if you have me in your pocket still yeah i I just pulled you i see something i think
0: so you're looking at um Oh, the face is right there man i see it
1: oh my god oh my god that's insane Let me just go and get with my cursor and show everybody where it is. Tell me if I'm in the right space. Can you see where my cursor is going? That's where it is. The face right there. You can see it. Like, is that? It's insane. Whoa! Holy shit, man.
0: Oh yeah, you're on the you're on the one face. Go to your left.
1: Right here is another one. Is that it?
0: No, go go over to the right. I'm sorry, I didn't see the cursor. Oh yeah, right there's the face. Yeah, that's the one you were pointing at. I'll see your
1: cursor right here. It seems like it's it's right in yeah. here. That's insane, but wow, that's wow. Like, and it, it looks like there could be something else here too, right? Like, it looks like a. It almost looks like a, like a. I don't even know what how what to say, but it's like, and then it's just a, wow. That's amazing, man. I'll stop sharing now, but uh, th- that that's it. That's definitely an entity, yeah, right? Yeah, that
0: the uh, Catherine Kaufman looked at that a few days later. And she said, you know, that's a fire entity. And I'm like, what's that mean? And she goes, well, that means that it is something that, uh, you wasn't in danger. Did you feel in danger? And I said, no, I felt pretty good. She goes, yeah, it was just there to to hang out with you and make sure nothing else would come about. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but we'll fast forward Uh, a couple weeks ago down in South Carolina where, um, we done this uh the South Carolina Bigfoot Festival and they put us up at this cabin uh in Mountain Rest, South Carolina. People can look that up on a map. And I I didn't know a whole lot about the area. I knew this is the biggest thing. My grandmother lived there in a nearby town for about twenty years and that was like going home to me, but I didn't know the Bigfoot activity and stuff going on there. So that Friday night we had a late dinner and we're all sitting out on the porch and we heard a wood knock. And this cabin's in the middle of the woods, you know. And I said, there's no way that that's what that was. And um, Rock Hill Bigfoot uh, researcher um, Terry Wendell and I, we walk out in the middle of the woods. No phones, no lights, no nothing. And <laughs> like two idiots, by the way. And we just stood there with our arms crossed looking at each other. And we heard screams. We heard one, one very high-pitched scream. And um, then we heard a low guttural scream um, come back like it was answering back. Um, We saw some kind of figure. I don't know if it was, you know, Bigfoot, but we did definitely see some kind of shadowy figure. Uh, And that's just been three weeks ago. Wow. So, but it was so strange because we were all gathered together and goes, go back. To the first part of the conversation. How these things seek us out.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that. I was I, I was like, do you think it's like seek they're seeking you out now because they maybe find you to be a peaceful person that just is interested in, and wants to share their existence? Or do you think they they'd well, want to
0: you know, with me, I when I go in, I'm I'm a very, very um, big supporter of the Second Amendment. <laughs> I uh, I'm packing ninety nine percent of the time. I'm not uh, when I'm asleep. I'm not not packing something. But in the woods, it's there for other things like bears. You know, deterrent. I wouldn't I wouldn't just shoot a bear if it was walking in front of me. I wouldn't do that. I'm not a poacher. Yeah, um, some
1: of those can be really dangerous. Like they can kill you. they I saw a video on Joe Rogan. He was watching. You know, some guy got attacked by a bear, and the guy was freaking out. I would freak out too. I would. Those things are the, old,
0: the, the the old saying is if it's brown, stand your ground. If it's black, prepare for attack. And a lot of people think that black bear will will, you know, automatically run away from you or whatever. No, black bear attack a lot of people. And I live in the black bear capital of the world. Like we have a lot of black bears here in Harlan, Kentucky. And, you,
1: uh, funny that you said that you're from Harlan. I used to watch that show. I don't know if you ever saw it. It, it, it was all about Harlan. It was called justified. It was on. Netflix. Oh yeah. I used to love that show, man, with uh, the villain Boyd Crowder. I mean, that was yeah. a great show.
0: All those names on that show too. You know, they, they're, they're, um, they're, they're a play on word on last names, play on words. Um, Crowder, they're talking about the Crowders here. Um, the uh the moonshiner and the 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 lady that was on the second one her name was Maggie Bennett yeah the most famous bootlegger in Kentucky her name was Mag Bailey and she was just a fantastic woman but she made moonshine and she was a bootlegger she she sold illegal um illegal liquor and that was her name was Mag Bailey and that's who that that character was developed from um but she wasn't like like that lady made her out to be which is a fantastic actress um and a very very good acting job that that i can't remember what her name is but she is she is so she is so sweet like in person and stuff um she is she is just a very very good decent person and um she came to the the when they when they done the finale the series finale and stuff of justified she came to that that thing here in Harlan. and you know she said i had a i had to do a whole lot of soul searching to um to to play that character because she was just so ruthless um which yeah, is you know
1: poisoning people and putting it in the glass beforehand she would say that she said it came in the glass and and it, it would be like poisoned uh and that's how she would get her back at our enemies or something, right?
0: Yeah, and in the end that's how she took herself out. Yeah, yeah. That, was,
1: um, that show was It was crazy, right? It was it Yeah, was,
0: that that was a good show. And you know what, you know, the thing about here though, and a lot of people will tell you the same thing I'm gonna say. The only bad thing about that show is the fact that only probably 05 percent of the show was ever filmed, the whole the whole series was ever filmed here in Harlem. Um I know for a fact the beginning theme, the credit, the uh, starting credit of the show was filmed in Harlan. And then the last season, the main character, Timothy Oliphant, he is traveling down this highway and he passes a landmark. And I know where the landmark is. And to the best of my knowledge, that's the only part of that show that was filmed right here in Harlan County. Wow. Um Yeah. But it's Hollywood. It's TV. You know, it's they're they're there for ratings and stuff. And I'll talk about that. You know, like like you said in my intro. You know, the Bigfoot experience. It um it's a must must see for Bigfoot enthusiasts and and researchers a even the seasoned researchers, because I talk about TV. I talk about how they changed so much with with uh, these woods are haunted when we were on it. And even Gwendolyn and Kenny, both, they talk about it to this day. You know how they kind of swayed that show uh, in a way to gain audience. Um, 95% of the actual TV show happened, but there's 5% of it that is kind of amped up for TV. So case in point, um, Justified is no different. Justified was for entertainment. And, um, you know, we, we wish they would have, you know, kind of made airs a little bit more about actually what happened and not the fact that we got scared out of the woods, but, and we did, but there's, there's more to more to that.
1: Yeah. You got um, surrounded by six Bigfoot, right? That's insane. Like, that's like, how did you react to that? And Like, what was that like? I mean, uh,
0: better questions. How would you react
1: I'd freak out, I think. I think I would I don't, I don't know what I, I I think I would just like I'd lose my I'd lose my shit. I'd, I you know I I wouldn't be, I couldn't believe it probably, right? I someone would have to pinch me or something.
0: Well, yes and no. I mean, we I was on the show, it shows Gwen having a hard time with it and you know, I guess in a way she probably did. Um wouldn't know different than me. Kenny was our biggest um, concern. Um, I pushed it a little bit too far. When we got, when I figured out what was going on, I, I, I kind of, I kind of egged it on. I kind of egged them on the, the Bigfoot that was around us. And I put two people that I cared a lot about still do in imminent danger. That could have turned out very, very bad for all of us. Um, So that was my biggest concern. That was what what I was fearful of. Um, Something happened to one of them. Kenny was having a uh, cardiac um, episode.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So his anxiety and everything was shooting up. He would never, never been around any of this i never had an experience like this um, in 20 years of doing this. I never had anything like that ever remotely come close to happening to me. Um, and we, I told, I told Gwen, I said, we got, we got to get him out of here. We have to get Kenny out of here. Um, and she said, well, they're not giving us much, much room. And I said, no, I said, but do me a favor. And I said, you know, this is what I call my once-in-a-lifetime brave moment because I'm not brave by no means. Um, <laughs> I look at her, and I, I had my pistol out, and I said, listen, you and Kenny hold hands and start walking. You all go first, and I'll, I'll trail behind. And she said, no. And I said, yeah, you, you need to. And she said, "Well, what if something happens and I said, nah, I'm okay with this. I really am you know i'm at least I'll know <laughs> I'll know everything if something does happen. Um, and I try to joke it off, but in reality, you know i was I wasn't ready. I have a kid <laughs> um Is I have your a mom kid and dad too do what?
1: Has your kid had encounters too?
0: Uh no, no, that little turd man, you can't get him past the campfire. Uh <laughs> he, he's uh he's more um he's a fourteen he's your typical fourteen-year-old.
1: Yeah.
0: He he likes his video games and all that. Uh I think he has interest in it. Um this past Saturday we were we were driving pretty close to my research area and he was he was scanning the woods, man. He was, I was like, what are you looking for? He goes, ah, I'm looking for deer or bear. And I'm like, eh, sure you are. He's like, shut up dad. I'm like, okay. That's so, awesome. you know, we, we've had a, we've had a horrible, <laughs> we've had a horrible couple of weeks, man around here. It's my, um, I was actually supposed to be in Pittsburgh this past weekend um, in Roscoe um, pretty close to Pittsburgh um Roscoe Pennsylvania I was supposed to be at a charity event this past weekend and I had a dip out on that I lost our little we lost our little dog last weekend and um yeah we 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 had the old feller for for close to 10 years man and you know it's definitely not the same around here without him um but I
1: really yeah man it it's
0: it sucks I had a we had to put him down he of all things And I, you know, this is my PSA for the show. If you have pets, if you have cats or dogs, I cannot stress this enough. Your, your most beautiful, um, um, fall flowers, they're called mums. Don't get them because ultimately we think that Roscoe may have consumed some of these flowers and it they're they're fatally toxic and we didn't know that till after the fact
1: oh my god
0: so i can't you know roscoe was old and that's probably the only thing that i'm that's kind of holding it all together in reality probably didn't have that much longer with him and but i'm also a firm believer that you know when his job was done he he, he went out. I mean, you know, he didn't think that we needed his protection anymore. So, yeah.
1: You may get a, you may get a sign, Like speaking of like the paranormal, taking it back to that, you never know when, um, God or, 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 or your, your dog will give you a sign that he's still there. You know, sometimes people hear the, the, the pause, like, I'm sure you've heard this, like in your paranormal research, like sometimes people will hear the pause of their pet, like after they passed, like, you know, like the ghost is there, like telling them that they're okay, you know?
0: Well, I, I last night, it's funny you should say that, last night I could have swore I heard him bark. And he had a distinctive bark. And I, it was, uh, every day that I get home, I'm always looking for him. And, and, you know, my mom and dad were close to him too, and it's just, it's just destroyed everybody around here, man. And you know, it is what it is. Dogs are here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah, and you know, we gave him the best life he could he could have ever ever asked for, and he gave us a good life. Um, and you know, we'll see him again. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, at my job, uh, two days after he passed, I spoke with a uh, a minister. He came in. He was one of my clients. And when I was done with him, I asked him, I said, you know, just, just, just for peace of mind, you think dogs go to heaven? He said, well, if they don't, then I don't want to go. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, they're, they're, they're who we love. They're part of us. And they, um, we are met with our loved ones at, uh, on the other side. He said, I would, if, if heaven don't have any dogs in it, I don't want to go there.
1: Yeah, you, you, you would think that they have a soul. I think all animals uh, have a soul. Like I think yeah. they have a soul just like us. You know, exactly. really, I really do. Oh, yeah. I believe in the afterlife, and I believe that, you know, whoever this creator is, right, like, put animals here to be our friends, and, and uh, you know, they, they definitely have a soul, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you can look in a dog's eyes. You can feel it in their touch that they definitely have a soul. They have – there's something there. I mean, a dog – a dog is is the only animal on earth, and I'm sorry for you cat lovers, but your cat will eat you within ten minutes of your death if you die and, die in your home around your cat. I've heard,
1: but, of, you know Art Bell talked about. It. I was a big fan of Art Bell. I remember Art talking about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, they they will eat you. Uh, and even the Egyptians they talked about cats, the cats had their place in the underworld. Um,
1: are you an Art Bell fan, by the way?
0: Yes, I am. I've got a friend, uh, since you're an Art Bell fan, I've got a friend in uh, uh Asheville, North Carolina. He runs the uh, Paranormal Society of Asheville, and he has. See, when Art was doing coast to coast, he had this uh. I think it's like three and a half, four foot tall alien little statue in his office when he done coast to coast, and uh, my friends got that got that alien. That's like he, so cool. yeah, that's he so found cool. he found it and done some research, and sure enough, that's that's who that belonged to. Oh
1: man, um, I that. that's like a you know, I was art was like a big inspiration to me for doing what I want to do. You know, like. He's uh, he was like the first, in my mind, I mean, there was other people before him I've heard, but art was the most influential, I think, you
0: know, he was. And you know, he is, uh, he's one of these, one of these people, man. Like I never got to meet him. You can go on coast to coast archives and stuff and, and pull ups and stuff. But man, that guy was just, he was cool. Like, you know, he was, he was just a cool, cool guy and a genius, man. He, He was a plethora of knowledge as far as like all this stuff goes, but it wasn't just aliens or anything like that. It was everything like you could have a conversation with Art Bell about
1: literally anything and he
0: could he would tell you something he knew about it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I. Uh, that's a, that's what I'm trying to mirror my show off of. I want to cover everything, you know. And, and some people get like weird because like they they want me to cover like a lot of secret space program and stuff. But I'm like, I'm covering all everything from all paranormal aspects. I want to know it all. I'm interested in all of it. You know what I mean? I want to know how the the the, the sausage is made for every paranormal aspect of this world. Like I want to I want to know just like art did, but in, in a newer age. You know so. What well, do you take like
0: you take like aliens? Okay, you know, uh back in June I was on my way home from uh a conference, uh Daniel Benoit's conference, the ECB Virginia Bigfoot Conference up in uh Waynesboro, uh, Virginia. And um my girlfriend and I were driving along. We got about twenty miles north of Virginia or uh Bristol, Tennessee. And I'm just kinda zoned out, you know. And all of a sudden, my eyes focused on this kick tac cigar-shaped object in the sky. And I probably watched it going down the interstate, I don't know, four or five minutes before I ever said anything. I was expecting it to be like a blimp or, you know, even maybe an airplane or something. And I finally got her and I said, hey, do you see that up there? And she goes, yeah, what is that? I said, I don't know. We went past a tree, and it blocked it out for literally a second. And all of a sudden, it was gone. When we get down to Bristol, we're standing in the Bass Pro Shops parking lot for 30 minutes, looking straight up, looking looking around for this thing. And I'm like, it has to be somewhere. It just couldn't poof and be gone. And I had to, I had, I had to do some soul searching. And I said, you know what? I'm going to Google cigar shaped objects and damned. There were, that's what people are seeing. Those are the UFOs people are seeing right now. The cigar shaped, tic-tac shaped objects. And I said, there ain't no way. And, you know, she gave give me a hard time about it. She goes, so what was it? I said, as of right now, I can't identify it. So therefore it is unidentified. <laughs> And it was in the air. <laughs> I'm going to say it was a UAP. And she said, um, Well, that's what I'm going to say it was. I said, Okay. So we've never, never come up with anything different. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. It didn't, you know, I'm one of these people. I want to see a flying saucer. Yeah. I want, I, I want to see
1: like a Billy I Meyer wanna, type flying saucer, right?
0: Yeah. 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 I want to see shit like that. I want to see stuff like that, man. I want to, I want to see that, and uh, you know, I want to see like ET get out of it and stuff. But it's not going to be like that.
1: Um, well, if it's a gray, you don't want them because then they'll abduct you, and who knows what they'll do to you? I mean, I've heard horror stories, but then I've heard good stories about the greys too. So it's, it's like it's like a it's like a coin flip, and it's like the way it is, I'd love to see a UFO, but I don't want to get abducted. You know what I mean?
0: No, I'd like to see one up close and personal, but I don't want to be like Travis Walton. Yeah. and and be full on taken up in a spaceship i don't want to do that right, um
1: calvin parker calvin parker had a real weird experience you know you know like his experience is just bizarre that's that pascagoula incident I, you know what i'm talking about
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah it's 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 bizarre man but anyway i gotta finish up but um before we go can you tell the audience about your hot sauce like and your barbecue sauce like what what how you got the idea for it and all that stuff like if you can
0: Uh, About 10 years ago, I started experimenting with, uh, I'm a, I'm a smoker. I like to smoke. I like to run pit barbecues. I like to, I've got 12 barbecue pits at my home. I'm a am an addict. Yeah. I have, I have a serious problem. My girlfriend tells me that all the time, but little does she know it's actually clearance time of the year. So there's probably going to be two or three more added to the collection by the end of the month. Um, But about 10 years ago, I started experimenting with bourbon. I live in Kentucky. Therefore, I drink bourbon. And I said, you know, I'd like to like to infuse bourbon with barbecue. So I started working with bourbon and and barbecue sauces. And at first I would take like Casey Masterpiece or something like that and mix it in with bourbon and cook it down and all that stuff. Well, I've graduated from that. A few years later, and I started making my own ketchup-based barbecue sauce, my own ingredients, my own ingredient list, and everything using different bourbons. But I never came out with it uh, publicly. I would give it to friends. I would use it on my barbecue. You know, I I never did go buy a bottle of barbecue off the shelf. I'd never done that. I would make it myself. And uh, last year... Uh, back in January, a buddy of mine got a hold of me. He said, "Hey, I got some buddies at work. Um, they're wanting to buy some barbecue sauce." And I said, "Man, I wouldn't even know where to even begin it. Like, uh, I guess I can make it, put in a mason jars. So that's what I've done. And I sold it for like twenty dollars a jar, uh, and that was cost. That was what it costed to make the jar of barbecue sauce. And um, after a couple of weeks, his buddies came." and they're like hey we need some more barbecue sauce and i'm like guys uh, i mean you know get you more barbecue sauce so that's how it kind of started right there like how i started making it for people that's so and cool. so back in um um march i just said you know what screw it i went on amazon i bought some bottles i bought a, a case of 24 plastic uh Pint, liquor, pint bottles. They're they're literally pint bottles that they, they bottle liquor in. They bottle whiskey in. And I come out with the first wine, which was a black cherry bourbon barbecue sauce. And I took it to this liquor store here in Harlan, and I begged and pleaded and they said, okay, we will put it on our shelf. And I said, okay, I'll come and get it in a couple of weeks. If it don't sell, Barty, barty, barty but I didn't have like the Sasquatch label on it or anything and sitting at my computer one night and bourbon was involved, by the way. um, I was sitting there drinking a little bit of bourbon and I was talking to my girlfriend on, on the phone. And I said, sauce, she goes, what's what's on your mind? I said, sauce. And she said, what else is on your mind? It's a Squatch. And she said,
1: (laughs) she said, I love that.
0: She said, what the F did you just say? And I said, sauce and squatch and then it like I went sober in the in, in the snap of a finger I was like soft squatch and she goes you got it I said holy shit so I went back to the liquor store the next day to get the bottles and put labels on and they were sold out and they handed me they handed me a check and I went get out of here And they said, no, we sold out. Uh, You dropped them off a few days ago. Uh, People saw them. They started buying them. One guy bought like 10 bottles, but, you know, it is what it is. And I'm like, huh. So then I got my recipe book out from, you know, last 10 years. And I said, okay, I've got these three flavors right here, peach, apple, and black cherry bourbon. I'm going to come out with those. And that's going to be it. Well... Then I come out with a straight bourbon. I call it the ball sauce, Sasquatch ball sauce. It's a straight bourbon. It's smoky. It's it's savory. It's sweet. Um, good on anything. It's versatile, versatile as a potato. Um, then back about three weeks ago, I'd made it before, and I teased people with it, and I said, the buzz around town is that there's a new flavor of Sasquatch coming in. And I emphasized the word buzz, thinking people would pick up on it. And I said, you know, buzz, buzz, guess what the new flavor of barbecue sauce is. And nobody picked up on it. And finally, I come out with the honey bourbon barbecue sauce, which I have named buzzed, Sasquatch buzzed. And um, now I've got that and I've got that maple whiskey hot sauce Um, on my way home today. I got an order to fill three cases of, uh, of the of maple whiskey hot sauce going to Buffalo, New York.
1: That's awesome, man! That's so cool that it's taken off. Like, you know, I, that is so cool because I, I I love when people in the paranormal community have like I ideas like this and they they actually work out like i love the entrepreneurship and creativity it's one of the best qualities i think in the world well anyway well wait can you tell everybody where to find your sauce if they want to get your amazing sauce and where to find your website i didn't mean to cut short i gotta um,
0: no you're fine listen we've talked for for a long time tonight and i don't care one bit to come back on anytime you have me oh,
1: i'd love to have you on you're awesome man i'd love, um, I'd love talking to you you're so cool
0: You can find me on Facebook, uh, Michael W. Cook, uh, send me a friend request. I'll add you if you're not creepy. Um, don't send me that weird message after or before you, you add me and say, Hey, I heard you on the typical skeptic or whatever. And I just want to know this, send me a friend request and be a normal person and humanize yourself. Don't be creepy. Um, the uh, so I Michael get, W. I get
1: creepy messages too. The, I was telling after, my girlfriend about it, it's weird, man. It's like,
0: half after the coast to coast interview, I woke up two days later with like 6,700 emails. Oh and my god, yeah, it was bad. So, um, that Michael W. Cook on Facebook and Sasquatch LLC is on Facebook, also, Cryptid Research is on Facebook. Um, that's my platform that I use to research and I show all the cool evidence and stuff. If I find any, I haven't found any in a while, but, um, then, um, saucequatch.com. That's dot com. The online store, I keep on telling people it's next week and next week and next week comes and then I don't have it up and running. The online store is in the process of getting taken off. However, and it's not a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. It's certainly not a bad thing to me. I am a very busy person with this stuff, and I have my 9-to-5 job and all that stuff, and I do events on the weekend. I can't keep this crap in stock to take pictures of and put on on the online site and all that stuff on, on the online store yet. But after this weekend, I've got a little bit of room to breathe, and the holidays are coming up. Uh, we got a subscription coming out. That's called the sauce box. Um, and and, you know, there's more about that on the website. Uh, that's about it. Uh, next year, next September, um, we're going to throw the first ever Kentucky Bigfoot conference. Uh, would love to have the typical skeptic come down and do, uh, do a podcast live at the Kentucky Bigfoot conference. If he would,
1: that would be Uh, awesome. Yeah.
0: Then, um, I've got a whole crap ton of events scheduled. There is a very good possibility. I don't want to jinx myself, but a very good possibility. I will be filming. I'll be doing eight weeks of filming from January um, to March uh, for a very large, um, get this, not Bigfoot, (laughs) a cooking show, a cooking contest. I can't say the name of it, but a very large cooking contest that is on a major network. I still have some stuff to work out with that. And I've done some interviews with that and stuff, but the, um, I should, I hope and pray. I got my fingers crossed. Everybody out there pray for me that that goes through and I become the next, uh, winner of that show. Um, and of course I'm going to talk about Bigfoot on the show. I can't not talk about Bigfoot and they haven't said I couldn't. So screw them. Um, but that's probably going to happen. Hopefully going to happen. Pray it's going to happen. Um, change my life forever, but I have all kinds of events coming up next year. And whenever I get time, I get five minutes to sit down to myself and breathe. I'm going to update the website and everything. And again, that's softwatch.com S O S S S Q A T C H. You can catch me on coast to coast, uh, archive uh and these wizard haunted I have to say that travel channels these wizard haunted um at e- uh season two episode six uh the hunted is the the name of the episode um and who knows. I'm yeah. like a feather I'm like a feather in the wind. You never know where you might see me and what I might be doing. So well
1: this was awesome man. Thank you so much. I had so much fun talking to you and, and we'll do it again. Yeah.
0: Yeah absolutely
1: All right. Thanks, Mike. Have a good night.